0: Welcome to the family with Andy Brian Bernard and Mike Bryant and we'll be right back kick things off Alex and uh, Catherine are they're hanging out they got their friend Becky in town from England so they're all hanging out together. Mm -hmm. So we will be right back in a couple of minutes kick things off with the family.
2: Do we want to try to do an ad over StreamYard? I don't know we could we could give
1: her a shot. Give it a go. I like it. So the roads are just filling up with people on their cell phones, as usual. And, you know, we're hearing all sorts of things. I think you read a story today about uh, some uh, crossing guard that had to push a kid out of the way as a car mowed him down or tried to mow him down. And all of that's because people aren't paying attention. They're going too fast. And they're on their phones. So we continue to get the message out, keep people safe, and stay off those phones while you're driving.
3: By the way, for the first time ever, Coon Rapids Nissan was number one in the state and Burnsville was number two. Your Altima was actually one of the cars that put JLo on top.
0: To learn more about short term leasing, stop into Burnsville Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan. I'm rocking out, man. Uh, let me know when Patrick's ready to go. that would be good. I need to tell you, though, that uh, what you were talking about, Mike, there's a crossing guard, a woman. It had rained. I don't think it was raining at the time, but it had just stopped raining. She's wearing the orange uh, raincoat, and she's right in the middle of the intersection, and this young kid looks to be about maybe 10, 12 years old. She waves her through, going to cross, right? The kid literally and and the guard are right in the center of the road when this person Looking down at their cell phone, as Michael Bryant just pointed out, they were, they were not watching, they were going, looking down at her cell phone, ran right through the crossing, you know, the X'd out crossing lane. It's always X'd out on the, on the, the tar. Uh, the crossing guard, uh, by the way, who's also a cop, she's a cop, pushes the little girl out of the way. She gets hit by the car, gets kind of grazed. Well, more than grazed, she gets hit and grazed by the car. And it's all because of what Michael's talking about. This person was not paying attention. I mean, first of all, you see a crossing guard, you stop. Well, she never Absolutely. or he never saw the crossing guard, and therefore he ran right through and hit the crossing guard, almost hit a little kid.
1: Yep. yep. He, he could and get a hard
0: time
2: for that.
1: Yeah, yep. that's, that's a big example of how when you look at your cell phone, it takes your eyes off the road mm-hmm. and you drive blind for, you know, 30 seconds.
0: Oh, they did. And you could tell uh, there is no way that they would have done that had they been watching the road. There's, they ran right in, right through it. Didn't even b- slow down. No slowing yep. down. Didn't bother to check if anybody was in the lane. Nothing. They, they just looking at their phone. That was all that mattered. Now, by the same token, we have a guest coming up in a few minutes, by the way.
2: Right now, the, actually, I think.
0: Okay. Well, I'll finish this. Uh, Catherine and I went shopping at a Whole Foods the other day. And I just wanted to grab a quick item out of the uh, of the cooler, and the guy stepped in front of me. He looked to be probably about maybe 25 years old. He had not one but two cell phones. He was looking at while he was shopping. Two cell phones. Wow. So to in order to grab a pint of ice cream, it was about a 15-minute ordeal, looking at all the things on his both of his cell phones. It just. Do they not know that it's take, it takes them forever to do anything except for kill someone, which they do on the road, because they're looking at their phones while driving? A lot of people I mean, think this guy they can
2: multitask when they really cannot at all.
0: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. They try to multitask, and they're not good at it at all.
1: Well, I think that double phone gets you to, like, triple or quadruple tasking there. Yeah,
2: for real. What could yeah, you possibly well,
0: be
1: doing?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Maybe he was learning how to be a better procrastinator
0: you damn right, Patrick Sanigan, ladies and gentlemen. How to be a better procrastinator, over 100 strategies to help you manage your procrastination habit. Almost everyone procrastinates about something, but some of us, about 20% of the population, are chronic procrastinators. They suffer the consequences of this, do they? Um, this habit, uh, experience a great deal of stress and guilt. Procrastinators delay or put off things they find unpleasant or overwhelming, which creates a vicious cycle of putting things off that still need to be done. I'll stop there. Patrick, how are you? Very good, Tom. How are you today? I'm great. I was going to have you on earlier, but I decided to hold it off. See, get it? I did a procrastination mm. thing there. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So, what, Patrick? What's the latest? So, do you, are you you're you're a procrastinator?
3: Yes,
4: uh, I'm a productive procrastinator. Even though I have the procrastination habit, uh, I've been pretty productive and successful in my career.
0: No, I'm not. I, I don't know what it is about me, Patrick, but I, I think because when I was a kid, nothing ever got done. Nothing ever right. got done, and now I can't stand it. Unless I unless I finish it, I can't rest. I have to get at it right away, and I got to get it done. Is that from being a, living with a, an absent father and a, and a procrastinating mother?
4: I don't know. That's interesting that you have a, a motivation to uh, get closure and finish things. Yeah, and a lot of people out there do that. And maybe you know, in your childhood, you learned that being frustrated and upset that things didn't get done that you were going to do it differently. So you took a a lesson from that, and apply it to your life.
0: I The one thing I've done right. What do you think, Patrick?
4: <laughs> well, you know, it's a habit that impacts a lot of people. You mentioned that. You know, 20%, 25% of the population. That's tens of millions of people that really yeah. pay a price for it.
0: No doubt about it. Now, Michael Bryant and uh, my son Andy are with us. Neither. Okay. Well, Michael, you can't be a procrastinator and an attorney, can you? Sure. <laughs> It'd be kind of no, hard.
1: It's impossible.
0: it's impossible how about you andy are you you're not a procrastinator either though are you oh i definitely am
2: oh you put things off as long as you possibly can i do things but i definitely like i don't know i have a priority system it's like does it need to be done right now if not then i'm not going to do it
0: that's a good point so patrick as far as having to do things because they're necessary that does that shift gears in the procrastinators world If, if it really needs to be done procrastinators even get it done right away or do they procrastinate about that, too?
4: Well, some of them go over the, the deadline, but deadlines are like fires. You know, you get closer and closer to it, it gets hotter and hotter. So oftentimes that can really uh, motivate people to get closure. An example is, you know, nationally we have the income tax return. It's due, I think, April the 15th. Mm-hmm. And tens of millions of people do it at the last minute. Oh, God. And, yes. uh, yeah. But the yep. deadlines are, and there's a consequence for penalties. So they can't get it done. The thing is that they pay a price you know, with stress and anxiety about getting it
0: done. You know, it's so funny about that, Patrick. Again, when I was a young man, I would talk to my friends and they'd go, oh, man, I got my return already. That's fantastic. And I'm like, oh, yeah. you got money back, huh? And they go, how did you know? And I said, because you filed early. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there you okay. go.
4: Income taxes are, are still something I procrastinate about. I mean, most of my professional life, I'm you know, I'm very good. But doing my income taxes... I, I still procrastinate around that and most of the time do it at the the last minute. Uh but years ago when I was younger I actually paid penalties, so the way I keep score is in the last twenty years I've not had to pay any penalty. So but I still get it done in the last minute and you know, I've I've published twelve books and fifty, sixty published articles. So I mean I'm very productive in parts of my life, but the income tax is still something that causes a lot of stress and anxiety for me.
0: Now, is this a familial deal? Do families procrastinate, and therefore you pick it up from mom and dad or brother or sister or something like that? Or is that not necessarily true?
4: There could be a connection. The research indicates, you know, our, you know, our parents are our models. My dad was kind of a high-level executive, so he got things done very very oh. much uh, on time. And my mother was a school teacher and a principal, and so she knew how to run the show. So I had some good models about getting things done, and I, I did pretty good with, I'd say, about 80% of my personal and professional life. But the, there's a few things that... I still wrestle with and that's the notion of the book is you learn to manage your procrastination. You know, I think once you're a pretty good procrastinator, you're not going to cure it, but there's protocols and practices you can use little techniques that help you get it done. And that's the, that's the key about procrastination is finishing it, not being perfect, but finishing it.
0: it you know, it's so funny, do, Michael, uh, Bryant I just do, want to uh, mention one thing, Michael, and you go in from there because oh, sure. th- this will work out really well. Um, <laughs> Michael O'Brien is my personal attorney. He's a friend. He's on a morning show and a podcast with me, but uh, he will tell you. Actually, he tells me, Patrick, when I'm walking uh, with an envelope in my hand, he goes, oh, you got a bill, huh? And I said, yeah, (laughs) Why? how did you know? And he goes, you pay your bills the minute you get them. And, And that, Patrick, is from the fact that my... My mother was always late on her bills. Like I said, my father wasn't around, so we went to collection many, many times, and they would show up and, you know, repossess our furniture or whatever. That's, I think, why I'm not a procrastinator. Michael will tell you if I get a bill, it gets paid that day. (laughs) That's just how it is.
4: Tom, how do you feel when you do pay it that quickly? I mean, what's that? How's that feel? Because uh, emotions are really at the heart of the procrastination habit. So, oh yeah,
0: there's no. They're not going to be coming to my house taking my TV set. (laughs)
4: Yep. <laughs> so, there's all a all sense there. of relief and closure, and you feel proud yes. of yourself. That. Yes. Yeah yes. uh, yes. important. Because the thing with the procrastinators is they have a, a difficult task to do. It might be they don't understand it, or it's just like income tax is just a noxious task. And they get anxious and stressed. And so, to get away from the emotions, they get away from the task. And the relief is instant. I mean, the minute I step away from a noxious task, oh, I feel wonderful. The problem is, I know I still got to do it. And that's the price that they pay.
2: Very true. One thing I think is interesting. Oh, right. That's yes. You go first, Mike.
1: Okay. Um, Does the research show that people, like everybody, has some level or some area which they procrastinate, or do do you see people in the research that just don't procrastinate about anything?
4: Yeah, you know, I think most people procrastinate about something, uh, and it's usually unpleasant. But if you've got to talk to military people or you know Navy SEAL Team Six you know they can't afford to procrastinate because they'll get killed, right? So, I mean, they have to make sure that they tie up everything, get closure, move things forward all the time. But that's a very, very, very small percentage of the population. Uh, about 20 to 25 percent of us are pretty chronic procrastinators, but everyone procrastinates about something. That could be cleaning out your garage, that could be finishing a paper, that could be going for a job promotion, going for a degree, you know, having kids. I mean, I've had a buddy of mine's uh, grandson, I mean, they they talked about having kids for 15 years. (laughs) They kept on putting it off and putting it off. They finally had the kids. So it's nice, but you can procrastinate about lots of different things, getting married, getting engaged, going for a doctorate, all kinds of different things. So everyone does, I think, uh, procrastinate. There are a small population, I think, because military, even maybe sports that show up on time because, you know, they're getting paid a lot of money or their lives depend on
0: it. Indeed. Andy, you had a question?
2: Uh, Yeah, I was going to say one thing I think is interesting is so you said – you, you grew up with basically two type A parents that always had to have everything done on time. Right. And I, I mean, I don't think my mom is exactly type A, but she, we always definitely like when we went to the airport, we had to be there three hours early just in case. Right. Right. Everything right. had to be done very, very early. So right. I think what we both grew up with was doing everything very early and then sitting around for an hour going, well, why did we just do that in such a rush? Yeah. So, well, you know, go ahead.
4: No, I'm just saying that, that, that I did the same thing. I get to the airport and for years because I'm on the road a lot, uh, three hours ahead of time. And then I've learned to use my waiting time uh, uh, effectively. So I usually bring something to write with. I bring a couple of articles, always have a book in, in my travel. So I know I'm going to wait and uh, I don't want it to be unpleasant. I might have a latte, I might even have a glass of wine, Mm -hmm. but I I use my waiting time very productively. But my parents were always early, and that was one of the kind of theorems.
2: Yep.
0: God, it's so amazing. I was reading the descriptor for Patrick's interview, and it says right here in the the heart of it, it costs people, you know, this, this whole delay, delaying, going you know, going to the doctors, getting a colonoscopy, all that stuff, and, you know, that's not good for you. But procrastination is a very tough habit to deal with it and has damaged millions of careers. We talked about, you know, the health department, all that, or the health profession, excuse me. But it costs people billions of dollars in late fees for income tax filing, credit card payments, missed deadlines, scholarships and grants. It costs the, the American public, them, billions of dollars. That's amazing.
4: Yep. Well, the IRS loves procrastinators. Absolutely yeah, loves them. Right? So you figure if 20% of us, 25% of us are procrastinators, I mean, the IRS it, it loves us. They should give us an award because they know they're going to make money. I mean, the IRS code <laughs> is, what, 17,000 pages? I mean, it's nutty. It would be three pages ways. if we, you know, we had the uh, guts to kind of make it simpler. But, I mean, it's it just designed to go against the grain as far as procrastinators are concerned. And that's the other thing, I do invoices, you know, for my consulting practice and things like that, and I find when I, you know, have a couple clients I'm on the road and I figure out mileage and airplane and food and hotel bills, I'll put out invoicing, even though I know I'm going to get paid, uh, I'll delay Those are the two things, the invoicing and the income tax are the two things I still wrestle with.
0: Patrick, is it hard for procrastinators to marry one another, to be in a relationship with a procrastinator and you're a procrastinator? It's got to be kind of tough, I would imagine getting anything done, isn't it? <laughs>
4: Well, they probably won't criticize each other, right? <laughs> <So they laughs> yeah,
0: true.
4: So they could be, that could be, you know, fall in love uh, because of that. And uh, a lot of times, procrastinators are self-critical. Uh, they beat themselves up. There's a lot of critical self-talk. Oh, I'm lazy. Mm. Procrastinators are not lazy. That's very strongly shown in the research. Uh, they're, they're, a lot of them are very hardworking people and very successful people, but they have this habit that gets in their way. It's like smokers, you know, smokers take up to seven times to break their habit. It's a mean habit. And that's one of the things I've mentioned in the book. You do pay a price for procrastination. It's a mean habit. It's not harmless. So is is there a better
1: way to deal with procrastinators? Because I, I know one of the things that you hear, you know, is that well they're lazy. That's why they're not doing this or so they're that part. So that that's a I think a general belief in it. So, it, it, it does do you get into giving advice to how you deal with somebody who procrastinates?
4: Yeah, well, absolutely. I can give a couple right now. Sure. All right. So, one of the things that we know is that rewards work. So, if you have a, a task that you have to do and you have uh, looking forward to a reward after doing it, that could be a meal with a friend, it could be a glass of wine, it could be walking in nature, going to see a movie. The rewards are very motivational. And rewards work. But the problem with adults is a lot of times we give us ourselves the shoulds. Oh, we shouldn't need a reward. You know, I should be more mature. I should be more disciplined. It's goofy thinking. If the rewards work, and the research is strong about this, set yourself up some rewards, something to look forward to, and you will accomplish some tasks. Another uh, technique that people use is something called temptation bundling. And so that's when you, tell, you marry something that's pleasant, with something that's unpleasant. So if I got to clean out my garage, which is an unpleasant task, I'll play the sports radio station. So I have something pleasant to listen to while I'm doing this aggravating task. If I have to do ironing, I might watch a movie while I'm doing that. If I have to go exercising, I might not do it by myself, but I might uh, get a, encourage a buddy of mine to take a walk with me uh, and talk and you know just see how things are going. So if you marry something positive with something that you don't want to do, oftentimes you can break your procrastination habit for that activity.
0: I think that's fantastic. By the way, I should mention Dr. Sanigan is president of the Sanigan Group, an organizational consulting firm that specializes in strategic planning, senior leadership transitions, executive coaching and team building, and meeting design and facilitation. Dr. Sanigan, you must be busy because I I don't know many people who work with people who ever finish their jobs. We've gotten into a situation where people just don't finish their work. What? Yep. Does that in some way, t- is that, that's not really procrastination. They're just avoiding doing the work, right?
4: Yeah, they're avoiding doing the work. But there might be a reason why. They don't understand it. Uh, they're not, they don't see the reason to do it. This is boring task. I don't want to do this. So you've got to figure out some kind of why, you know, some kind of positive thing in your life that this is connected to. Hey, if I do this aggravating, boring task, I get a paycheck at the end of the week. And keeping that why in front of you is really, really uh, important to do. And, and, and why don't it. people do? Go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: No, why don't people do that though? Because a lot of people just will not do it. They will not finish their job, no matter what it is. It's bizarre.
4: Yeah, I, I, that's that's a whole other field of research that is uh, is a little bit different because a lot of times procrastinators know that they have to do the task, they just delay and delay and delay in doing it. And the people you're talking about just kind of, it sounds like they gave up. Don't we have something going on in this country? Like 15 million people have kind of quit their jobs So we don't know where they are? Yeah. yeah. I, I, that stuns me. I don't know what they're doing. Not everyone can be an entrepreneur, so I guess we're going to see them coming back. But that's pretty, I think that surprised a lot of people.
0: Do you, as a procrastinator, do you, do you have to reach adulthood before you even realize you're a procrastinator? Can you be a procrastinator before you're 21 anyway? I suppose you could.
4: Yeah, oh, well, absolutely. Great question because a lot of the initial research on procrastination actually was done with college students. Oh, So, in okay. a college student, you know, you got 15 weeks in the semester. Some have 10. You know, in different places, they have different things. And uh, you know, they show. I mean, just most of the students, like 92 percent of them, procrastinate to the last week to get their assignments and reports in. And they have a lot of stress. You find them drinking and smoking and doing all kinds of silly things. Uh, all nighters, trying to punch through. And then there was one research report that showed that these last-minute reports that were put in suffered a half a grade from the faculty member that scored them. So if you're in a competitive environment, you need an A because you procrastinate and do something at the last minute because you don't get a chance to refine your thinking or edit your thinking really well. You could really suffer with a B plus or a B. And Man, that's yeah. So there's a lot of millions of students. In fact, I'm not a stranger to Minneapolis. I've done some work at Anoka Ramsey Community College and. North Hennepin Community College. So I'm not a stranger to Minneapolis. You have a great little city there.
0: Well, downtown's not too peaceful right now. But other than that, Patrick,
4: no. I,
2: I, that. I, actually,
0: I procrastinate going downtown. That's the one part, part I am a procrastinator. Well, it's more dread than
2: procrastination. That's more dread than procrastination, exactly. Yeah. Right, yeah. You're avoiding it. You're not procrastinating. Exactly. Well, that's very true. I am
4: avoiding I, it, but I, I just... you one or two other things? Sure, Absolutely. There's a, a you, we talked a little about myth about people being lazy, it is a myth. The other thing is a lot of myth around uh, willpower. And a lot of people beat themselves up because they don't have quite enough willpower, they're not tough enough, they can't gut it out, they don't have the discipline. And what we know from the research on willpower, and this was a revelation to me, was that willpower is a very limited resource. You don't have a big bucket of willpower in your back pocket, you got a small little pail. Mm-hmm. And so you have to use it very strategically, and willpower It's a resource that gets used, it gets tired. So it's not an enormous amount of willpower. So it's like a battery that runs out after usage or a muscle that gets tired after a lot of exercise. And so you have to use your willpower, which is very limited, very strategically. And for procrastinators, it's usually at the beginning of a task. Starting is the hardest part for procrastinators. They put it off, they put it off, and starting is the key. So use your willpower at the beginning of a task. Tough it out for the first 15 minutes, and a lot of times you can punch through. And some people need it at the end of a task, and that's for me. When I do my income task, I do about two thirds of it pretty well. It's the last mile is the longest for me. And so I have to apply a number of the tools and techniques in the book to kind of Mm -hmm. punch through it.
0: Yeah, that does make sense. I I just it's such a fascinating subject. I didn't know a lot about procrastinators because I just assume some of them pretend to be procrastinators just so they can get, you know, get out of, you know, maybe avoid doing something or whatever. Is it a familial thing? Is this an inherited trait? It doesn't sound like it because it sounds your like your parents they didn't they weren't procrastinators or aren't procrastinators correct
4: right yeah there's no research that I'm familiar with uh that shows any kind of uh connection between quote you know the how you grew up and how that impacts your procrastination habit. They do see that there's a little bit of a significant difference between white collar workers, you know professional class quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And blue collar work. Blue collar workers procrastinate a lot less than white collar workers do. That's the only real big differentiation. People say, "How about the difference between men and women?" And there really isn't one. And the thing is so fascinating. It's cross cultural. I go to China. I can meet twenty percent of their population is going to be procrastinators, or go to Nairobi, or go to Buenos Aires. I mean, really? it is all over the world. Yep.
0: Now, is there an intelligence level that, that kicks it into a higher gear? Do, do smarter people procrastinate more, or how does that go? I think,
4: I think it's a great question. I haven't come across that in the research, but I think that's a great question. So
0: that, that would be, be interesting. Yeah, the intelligence level going along with procrastinating, because if you're smart enough to know you're eventually going to get it done anyway, it doesn't hurt you as much to be a proc- procrastinator, because you know you're eventually going to do the job.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're a blue collar worker, you're a plumber, you've got to show up at time, right? Yes. The yes. So it, they have much more boundaries around them and expectations that are very clear. We're a professional class, quote unquote, and that could be a lot of smart people. There's a lot of, you know, the supervision is kind of found upon, and, you know, these are adults and they're mature and smart people. They, they can get the job done. But I think your point's well made that you, you're smart enough to know, hey, at the end of the day, I'm going to get her done. Right. I can put it
0: right. off. and that that you can get a little sleep at the same time, that if you know, hey, I'm going to get it done, so I'll I'll just get a little more sleep tonight. that would be good. I have to take a very quick break here, Patrick. We'll be back uh, with Patrick till about the top of the hour, right? Does that work for you, Patrick? It does, Tom. Thank you. We'll be right back right after this with Patrick Santa. The 2022 Bloomington Boat Show is here and going on now. Get out of the cold and into a 25,000-square-foot heated showroom at Dan's Southside Marine. A huge inventory of boats means the best deals of the year. Over 60 boats on display from Premier, Avalon, Berkshire, Alumacraft, and more. Explore what's new
4: I said, sisters, if you only knew, you would wish you were in my shoes. Keep on we are
0: back, ladies and, and gentlemen. Patrick, I, I should have asked you at the top, do you pronounce your last name Sennegan or Senahan? Because it could be either one.
4: Senahan. you were right that time. Yeah, the G is silent, so Senahan.
0: Yeah, Can I literally, up? the third time I went, I don't know that Sennegan, it's Senahan. Yeah, that makes sense. Sorry, but sorry for the first two times. I should have known. I grew up a nice Catholic boy. I should know better.
4: <laughs> so did I. <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I just, at all of a sudden struck me i said, like, you're pronouncing his name wrong. Well, uh, to tell you the truth, mine gets Barnard, Brainerd, anything but Barnard. They go with Barnard and Brainerd. Okay, whatever. Bernard. So it all, all works out in the end. Um, is there a, an effective way? Now, first of all, do pro- procrastinators at some point want to stop procrastinating? Is there a way to get that done or do they just, is that of them and it's going to be part of them their whole lives
4: well uh, the, the premise of the book is I think that once you're a pretty good procrastinator it, it's with you right yeah. but doesn't mean that it can you know overtake your life you can do some things I mentioned a couple little things be very very effective in getting you uh, done and moving things forward so here's an example one of the things that the procrastinators can do and everyone everything is to make your progress visible And so when you have an agenda, and most of our agendas are way too long. I mean, if you cut your agenda items in half, you'd probably be more productive and feel a lot more successful. But I'd say you have uh, five items on your agenda. And every time you get them done, if you kind of score it out with a big red marker, that's that's making your progress visible, and that can be very motivating. What I do in my professional life when I'm in my home office, I have a a set of Post-its, and I work for 30 minutes at a time, and I take a 10-minute break. And uh, I have 10 post-its each day on a whiteboard across from my desk. And every time I do a 30-minute work uh, chunk, then my smartphone goes off. I stand up, I go across the room, and I crumple up one of those post-its. And it feels like you hit a ball. It feels like you hit a, a home run. It's, it's a wonderful feeling. And as the day goes by, the post-it gets shorter and shorter and shorter, and it's a powerful feeling of accomplishment. So it makes it very visible and very physical at the same time. So any way you can make your progress visible, with checklists or Xing on the calendar or something like that, it can be very, very effective.
0: Do the procrastinators then? Do they have this this love of accomplishment? What you just said—they procrastinate, but they know they're going to get it done. So when they do get it done, is there an like an overwhelming sense of accomplishment? Then is that is that the great payoff to it?
4: Well, I think that they feel like there's a sense of accomplishment to it, but I don't think it's as is, is, uh, graceful and exciting as oh. folks like you're get it, get it done because usually it's pretty stressful uh, while, you're, while you're doing it. But there is a sense of, of accomplishment, that, that little technique I told you about making your, your uh, progress visible. At the end of that day, or, you know, there would be a checklist they'd go, oh, boy, I feel like I really did something well today.
0: Well, see, so yeah, there's nothing wrong with a sense of accomplishment. Then, if you put it off, if you eventually, so in other words, if you are a procrastinator, if you do the job eventually, you don't put it off too long. uh, So, so you have the accomplishment done. You've done a good thing. So, actually, there's quite the payoff for being a good procrastinator who eventually does get the job done well.
4: Absolutely, absolutely. It just they pay a price in their journey. You know what I mean? They pay, and it's a discipline. Yeah. You have to pay attention to your habit. Your habit is there all the time. So you got to, you got I call it the shadow. Right? You got to you got to pay attention to your shadow, and just use a bunch of techniques and tools that enable you to manage it so that you can get get through things. Listen, I have a doctorate. Uh, I've published a lot of books and articles and things like that. I feel very very professionally very uh, very accomplished, and I still have these two areas that I talked about earlier that are I wish it would go away, but I still I still have them, and I. And I, uh, you know, I, I apply these tools and techniques, and I punch through it. It's not a pleasant experience. It's pretty interesting. Which really kind of talks about the... It's kind of like, a lot of times, procrastinators wait until they feel like doing it. And that's a very bad strategy. Because yeah. you may yeah. never feel like doing it, right? I mean, when you get a bill, you feel like doing it right away. That's a very, very strong feeling, and you get it done. So You're right. You've, you've managed that very, very effectively. But procrastinators, a lot of times think they have to be motivated to do something. I'm never going to get motivated to do my income tax, but I know I got to do it. So what you have to do is think, <laughs> not motivation precedes action, action precedes motivation. If I do something, just for 15 minutes, whew, that can motivate me and propel me forward. Not all the time, sometimes after 15 minutes, okay, I'm done. But you starting, keep on starting, keep on starting, keep on starting in 15 minutes. We call those chewable chunks, uh, 15 minutes at a time. And you can could,
0: whittle you could away a lot of things. God, it's so amazing what you, that you just brought that up because basically this is the time of year. It's uh, February 7th. This is the time of year you start getting your uh, your tax forms, you know, the, all the yes. dough that you made. You, you get your uh, Form 1099-NEC or whatever it is. Uh, you get those in the mail. And the amazing thing about that is you open them up and you look and go, God, I don't remember getting that money. Where did that come
4: from? <laughs> yeah, no, I got one today. I got one this morning. I just put it in a pile. But then by March the 1st, I tackle it. Now, I don't tackle the whole thing. Right? I work in 15-minute increments. You know, sure. They're not going to tackle their income taxes and sit down for seven eight hours. It's not going to happen. And I have Is to it get or give it to my accountant. So it's a lot of time right. just to organize the stuff and then give it to my accountant.
0: Is it a good thing in the long run? You know, you being one, is it a good thing in the long run to know you're a procrastinator? You're going to put it off and put it off and put it off. But do you always finish the job? So there is that sense of accomplishment, and maybe that procrastination. Maybe you would never get it done if you tried to meet it head on and got sick of it. One that I'm just not going to do this. So maybe procrastination is a good thing in your case.
4: Well, I think it's it's, uh, I, it's a great question. Um, I, I, what I try not to do now is be self-critical. and A, a lot of times, right. the theories beat themselves up. So I have confidence now that I can tackle a very noxious task. You know, you write a book. A book is not an easy thing to do. I've done it 12 times. God. So, I mean, obviously, I can sit down. I can plow away. I can spend hours and hours and hours doing research. I mean, I can do a lot of very difficult kinds of things because I have some confidence. I have more than one technique in my back pocket. That's why I wrote the book. I mean, people need tools and techniques and not theories can read theories all day long. It's not real helpful. But if you have, you know, four or five of these little techniques, you, you can build your confidence. I think I can do this. And that's what, that's why I wrote the book. I want, I want to help people out because, you know, <laughs> delaying going to colonoscopy, you can threaten your life for going to a very many a dentist. About 20% of the time, people cancel their appointments the day before they come in. Because they're no. afraid of the pain or they're afraid of this or it's too much money. And, they make the appointment, they get ready, but the, the 20% it, it, it's at the end of the last minute say, no, thank you, I want to reschedule. That's a lot of yeah. procrastination going on there.
0: No question about that. Yeah, but I would rather be a procrastinator than those ty- types of people, and I don't even know if they have a name or not, that put everything off by lying about it. In other words, yeah. is in the time to get this done? Oh, no, 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 I didn't promise them I'd get it done. Now, they're lying. They know they're lying. So the way you handle it, you procrastinate, but you know you're going to get it done, whereas these people will lie to your face and then maybe never get to it. What is that all about? That's the part, and that has nothing to do with procrastination. That just has to do with being a lying scumbag.
4: Yeah, I I would agree. with that. very immature (laughs) and not high integrity. And and I've met met some people who do that. Look at your face, say, I'll get the paper done, Pat. You'll see the report. good to know, and then I hear nothing from them. So it's very frustrating to deal with people like that, as you know.
0: But you don't get confused. I mean, people don't get confused between you and a bald-faced liar, I hope.
4: No, no, no. I've got a pretty good track record, and I try to be realistic. There's another thing about deadlines. You've got to be very realistic yeah. about what you can accomplish. And a guy named Daniel Kahneman, he actually won a Nobel Prize, really bright guy. He's still around, about 85 years old. And he said, we are terrible. Not you, Tom, but most of us. Terrible <laughs> at how hard something's going to be and how long it's going to take. And those are two powerful notions. So I say, oh, I'm going to lose 10 pounds this month uh, going to the doctor on Wednesday. And, you know, the good doctor, they're going to say, don't be silly. You're not going to lose 10 pounds in a month. You'll be, what, you're running a marathon every day and exercising and eating, you know, popcorn? I mean, two pounds in a month is much more realistic. and maybe taking five or six months to lose those 10 pounds. So those are two powerful notions. We forget how hard things are, and we forget how much time is involved in doing them. So having a thought partner, someone who, not a buddy, but someone who thinks a little bit differently than you does see the world a little bit differently. You say, I think I'll get this report done in two weeks. And they say, I don't think so, Tom. I think it's going to take a month. And they may be having a conversation around what's a realistic deadline to establish.
0: Does that make sense? You know, yeah, it makes total sure. sense. And your, your your comparison of losing weight, so many people don't understand that there, there's oh. procrastination. And then there's just denial in that if I do lose 10, 15 pounds in one month, the likelihood is much more that I'll put that weight back on because I got it off so fast. Oh, if it's that easy, I can just eat whatever I want. And that's, that's not true in the least.
4: That's not true. Exactly. Exactly. And it, if you lose two pounds, you've changed your lifestyle in a very positive yes. way, right? You're not in the army, yep. you know, you're not going for the Olympics and losing 10 pounds and that could even hurt your health, but being realistic and kind to yourself and they really show that, a lot of research shows, especially with students, if they have some self-compassion, if they forgive themselves for procrastinating, oftentimes they won't procrastinate in the future.
0: See, that's a good thing. I loved having you on today. By the way, the book, How to Be a Better Procrastinator, Over 100 Strategies to Help You Manage Your Procrastination Habits, on Amazon. It's available everywhere. Patrick, S-A-N-A-G-H-A-N, Sanahan. Patrick, Sanahan. Patrick, you're a terrific uh, guest. I really appreciate you being your honesty about procrastination. You can do it. If you eventually get the job done, I think that's a yeah. great, great explanation, sir. Thanks for your time today. Thank yeah, you, Tom. I, great. Take care. Okay. You too. Bye. Patrick Sanahan. Yeah, I just realized right in the middle of the call, and I'm again a couple of times. that wait, it's like, wait a second. If I was back at St. Joseph's or St. Anne's, his name would be Sanahan, So <laughs> I just realized I was mispronouncing his name. Um, you guys aren't What procrast- well, Andy, you said you are a procrastinator. Definitely. Now, Mike, you couldn't be because you're an attorney, so you can't procrastinate.
1: Well, it, it, I think it, there's certain things you procrastinate about.
0: You know, you have
1: well, certain areas that you you push off and you don't get to, and you know that's that that's a thing. You know, it's using that skill to pick those things out. Um, I thought his whole discussion about willpower and about. Um, it not being that people are lazy as the basis. Um, those, those they, there's a, some major interesting points in what he said.
0: He's a very bright guy. I really like talking to him a lot. I thought he was, I thought he was a terrific guest. I liked uh, yep. talks like that. And you know, and Andy knows his being around me his whole life and all that. And I, you know, actually, you and I were kind of in the same situation in that they know I just need to get things done. And I do know why now, why I need to get things done, because, you know, watching people come and get our our couch or whatever the situation is, or come and repossess the car. And I just, I decided right then and there, I am not going to do this. And, you know, you do talk yourself into as a kid, oh, mom just waited too long or dad just waited too long. no. They didn't wait too long. They waited way, way, way too long. And that's the major problem there,
2: right? Yeah. That's why I, 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 like, if you have parents who don't procrastinate, then you're more likely to procrastinate because you're like, what's the big deal? You don't need to be early all the time. uh, Maybe, yeah. But then if you have parents that do procrastinate, you're less likely because then you see things like that. Like, oh, you're putting off your bills and it's hurting the family, so we should get everything done right away.
0: Yeah, I suppose that does make sense, doesn't it? That the whole whole idea of it is is what you inherited from your parents. You do do you often do the exact opposite of what your parents do? You think? I think it makes sense. It it kind of depends.
2: Half of people seem to, and half of people end up a lot like their parents.
0: So, Andy, do you pay do
1: you pay bills right as you get them?
2: I do do that. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So,
2: but that's like it's like take paying a bill takes thirty seconds. Who cares? For me, it's yeah. like, you know, things, you know, cleaning the house, that sort of stuff. It's like, I don't want to do it, and it's going to take forever, but I'll do it by the time I have to, but I don't want to do it until I must, because it sucks. Yeah. And- I was, I was
1: waiting for him to get to, you know, the reward of a lobster roll or a croissant. That was-
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to forget that for a while. Andy, when when we got to the Bryants and the uh, Brent Bernards got together and went on, had, had a couple of dinners last week. Uh, let me put it this way. I don't think anybody lost two pounds last month.
2: <laughs> Jesus said yeah. we eat a lot of food. Good amount Man. of lobster. No.
4: Oh.
1: Hmm.
0: Tell people about the lobster roll. I want That's to hear all about stuff. it.
1: That's good stuff. Those lobster rolls are really good things. So
0: now, Andy, you don't but eat only, those though, do you? I, don't I only mind had one. Them. Yeah, you did. You only had one this time around instead of three or four like you usually do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I filled up on the croissants. <laughs> That's true. You filled up on having eighty-five croissants. Although, <laughs> funny Ate two of them yesterday. She had, I mean, a little five year old girl ate two croissants yesterday. Mm-hmm. They're about the size of your head for Christ. Those things are huge. Yeah. So she did a nice job. Um, what you guys take on the Joe Rogan deal? Now they're finding more and more and more things that he said that people are upset about. He apparently dropped the N word a bunch of times. He said mm-hmm. he was just talking about, you know, this, that, and the other thing. I don't know. I don't really have an opinion on this stuff because I, I, don't, I don't listen to Joe Rogan. Yeah,
2: honestly, who the hell cares?
0: He's an yeah, MMA I, I fighter,
2: see. like, I don't know, he's not a doctor, he's not a lawyer, he's not an expert on anything, so if you take his word as gospel, then you're dumb, and right. if you think that he is incredibly harmful because of, you know, the fact that he's saying things, then you're also dumb. Well, yeah. apparently, they, now they got him, he, he and
0: uh, Joey Coco Diaz, and I wish it wasn't Joey Diaz, but... Uh, Joey talking about forcing women into sex acts, and Joe Rogan's laughing about it and having a great time. That's the one that came out today. Now, now he's got another group of people going after him. Go,
2: look at any shock jock's career, and you'll find a thousand of those. That's the thing. Yeah. It's all I'm very, at, it's all very disingenuous. No, I mean jokes about that kind of thing. Oh, that's yeah. That's Every crazy. last one of them has made that exact kind of joke multiple times. But now they're all wringing their hands and pretending, "Oh, I would never say such a thing." Now that my words were just broadcast. On the radio and weren't recorded, so you can't prove I did it.
0: Pretty impressive, though, that he's gone through three pretty major things and he got past all three of them. Because the guy who owns Spotify goes, "Sorry, we're not going to, we're not going to suspend him. And Spotify is not going to get rid of him or suspend him. So you may as well give up the idea." It is surprising. And they keep finding more and more and more things uh, that he did or whatever. But you know, to tell you the truth, I think you you guys are right about that. That they could pick any one of us and find things that we did or said that uh well you know there're just different things that we've done or said over the years that we probably would wouldn't want and i'm not talking about intentionally or you're hiding anything i don't mean that at all i just mean we've probably all done things that other people now would judge as being very bad whereas in the time you were doing them was like yeah whatever absolutely
1: yeah and and things get looked at differently you know we were talking about that you know on on, you know, one of my favorite, I, they asked me one of my favorite legal movies was, and I said the verdict. And, you know, I had somebody not that long ago watch it and remind me that in the verdict, he like hauls off, Paul Newman hauls off and just punches this gal in the face. Right. And, you know, and they're like, wow, you like that? I'm like, well, I kind of forgot that was in there. And no, that that isn't the reason I like the movie. But I think there, you know, lots of things in the past that people used to apparently, you know, not think about or think about differently now, just don't really, they don't work as much. You know, you wouldn't have, right. you wouldn't see, you know, uh, uh, modern actors punching a woman in the face like that, you know, and be cheered, you know? So. No, I think
0: that's absolutely right. I, I, I just, and that's the other thing. If, if this is something that happened five, 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago, whatever it is, is it even Germaine today because it was a different world back then I'm not saying yeah, it was right or wrong I'm just saying it was different
1: yeah and and you can also look at the, what he's done since I mean you know I, yeah. I I don't think much of Rogan overall, but I mean clearly he's had lots of, of minorities on the show clearly you know i I don't think that you can look at how he acts and how he does interviews and not think eh, I think the guy's evolved over time, you know, and uh, looked at things different. And, you know, what Coco says is, you know, I I think, isn't he the one that talked about bringing women over the New Jersey line at one point? Yeah. Yeah,
2: I mean, his, yeah, Joey's career has been basically just saying things for shock value his entire life. Yeah. Is it really surprising that he did it that one time as well?
0: Yeah. And I love the fact
2: he always goes, they have to
0: understand I'm Cuban. (laughs) <laughs> that's his argument. That's his argument that he's Cuban.
2: Oh, All of our okay. listeners <laughs> yeah. just texted in and he says in his stand up he flat out states that he doesn't believe half of what he says and he's just pushing buttons on purpose. Well, that's what I'm so. saying. That's what shock jocks do. They say awful yes. things so that people get mad and then they get bu- they get buzz, they get press and then more people listen and then that's kind of how it works. That's how, it, no. that's how it's always worked. Was that Joey or or Joe Rogan. Rogan that said that? Uh, Rogan yeah. said that. Yes. Well, I think he's probably right about that. Well, he used to be more of a shock jock type. I mean, he was on oh, a couple God, of those yeah. shows that were very like, you know, I mean, Fear Factor was him, right?
0: Yeah. Yep. And that that yep. was
2: basically like the TV form of being a shock jock, just like eating yeah, gross things for shock value. That's literally all it was. No, you're absolutely right about that. Like I said, you know, this is
0: America. I hope Joe Rogan continues to succeed because we've all done and said things we probably shouldn't have done or said, and it was a different time back then. Uh, you know, he's not my I've talked to him a couple of times. He was not friendly in the least. He's he's quite an arrogant human being, I, that I will tell you. He is arrogant as hell. There's no question about that. But, again, people like Joey Coco Diaz and Brian, uh, Callan and people like that. They just love him. They're, you know, they're friends of mine. They're friends of his. We're totally different kinds of people, but they just love Rogan. They said he's a very loyal friend, which is, that matters greatly. I would have to agree with them. If that's true, that, that matters a lot. Yeah. Yeah. What can I tell you? I- I
1: think The Rock. I mean, The Rock came out, um, you know, in support, and now he's getting hit, hit with even more stuff now. But yeah, there's a lot of examples of other celebrities that really like dealing with him and have liked his interviews and like the way he handles things.
0: Yeah now yeah, there you go. Well, okay, we only got about two minutes left here. So, so Michael, I wanted to ask you. I was thinking about this this morning when I got up. I woke up and I'm just usually for the first hour after I'm awake, I sit in a chair and think about the day, the, the, yesterday and the day that's coming up today and all the rest of this stuff. I, I just I don't know what what the whole. Do you think the world is going to calm down? That this this whole situation where another. I I think the most important thing I want to ask you is: Do you think Allah what they do to people giving opinions that they don't like, are they going to have to eventually send censor people because people think they can say or do whatever they want on social media and nobody can do anything about it. Well, if you're being extremely hurtful for no reason, why aren't those people censored?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the whole hiding behind keyboards and, yeah. you know, I mean, well, you've got all sorts of examples of this and people that'll, yeah you know would say things to you over the phone or say things to you you know with a text message or over twitter that never ever would say those to your face Oh no way yeah yeah yeah. that's
0: when the one guy last week he was chirping him you know that and i finally after he stopped talking i said boy tough guy from 1200 miles away man (laughs) Yep. But it's yep. true they're, Everybody's a tough guy when they're 1200 miles away or on social media. I
2: hate that. And that's why I don't go on social media. Well, Cuz everybody's a tough guy. The good thing is that the younger generations, Gen Z and I don't I don't think there's any alphas old enough to even participate, but Right. They seem to be eschewing that because they don't Good. They see it as like boomer tech. They call it. Face, yeah, Facebook yeah, is where so. boomers are, and Twitter is where boomers are, and they don't want to be like that because they don't want to. They're, you know, they're, my grandpa uses Facebook. Why would I go on Facebook?
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: That's a good point. That is a good point. We got to take about a five-minute break. We'll be back. Kostaki
0: Economopoulos will join us in the next segment mm-hmm. with the family.